0: Good morning, everyone. Please open your Bibles this morning to Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Matthew 22, 1 to 14, as we talk about invitations, as we talk about inviting someone, as we talk about that video intro we watched, the Back to Church Sunday, Invite Someone to Church video that maybe you've seen in years past. Today we continue in looking to the stories and teachings of Jesus, the great conversationalist. We have looked to the sower We've looked at the unforgiving servant. We've looked at the old and new wineskins. Thank you, Pastor Chuck. We've looked at the salt and the light. And we've looked at our foundations, building your life on solid ground. We're starting at the beginning, working away till the end in some ways. We'll get to that eventually. Today, we will see in the parable of the wedding feast that all are invited, but few will come. All are invited to hear the gospel, but few will come to accept Jesus as Lord invited, but not accepted, invited, called, but not chose or not choosing a king's reception. We look today to the parable of the wedding feast, and the big idea for today, if you're taking notes, please write this down. I did not make slides today. We're in a bit of a hurry with being communion Sunday and having a full message for you as well, but write this down or email me, and I'll email you my notes later. The big idea. Nothing in your life is more important than accepting and responding to God's invitation and will. Let me say that again. Nothing in your life is more important than accepting and responding to God's invitation and will, following Him and His ways as Savior and King, Lord. Nothing in your life is more important than accepting and responding to God's invitation and will. Following him in his ways as Savior and King, as Lord. Now let's read from Matthew 22, 1 to 14. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But, verse 11, but when the king came to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, How did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. The passage that I just read is a parable told by Jesus about a king that invites the people of of the kingdom to a wedding feast that he is holding for his son. Back in Jesus' day, an invitation from a king with a great honor, just as receiving an a invite from a king today, or a president, or a leader, or somebody who you look greatly up to, would be today as well. The custom was to send two invitations. The first was to tell everyone that the event was being planned, and then the second was to tell everyone that everything was ready and about to begin and Come. Jesus spoke and said in Matthew 22, verses 2 to 3, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. So again, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. And then the, the invitation was extended in verse 3 with the second invitation. You see, they were not coming, they had already received the first invitation. ...but would not come. And then when the second invitation was extended... ...they refused this invitation. This was more than just being discourteous. It was considered outright rebellion. The king was patient, though. He decided to send a third invitation. Obviously, he really wanted these people to come. The third invitation, though, came about... ...and the messengers received a variety of responses... To the invitation. Some just neglected to come. Others said that they were too busy with their business affairs, their farms, their work, their pleasures. And then others actually took the king's messengers and treated them wrongly, unfairly, or persecuted them and even killed them. The king's patience had reached its limit, so he sent his army to destroy those who had rebelled against him and his servants and ignored the invitation. But the feast was ready, you see. The feast was ready. The banquet was ready. The reception, the party was ready. And in order to supply it with guests, the king ordered his messenger to now go out and find anyone who would come and invite them to the great feast. So his messengers went out, new messengers apparently, and they invited everyone. Without regard to wealth, social status, moral character, race, nationality, or gender, everyone they found there on the road. Each guest was supplied with a wedding garment by the king and was allowed to enter the feast. And the provision of this proper attire was not only customary, but in this case, especially needed for Jesus' message, his purpose. These people were coming in a hurry from the road. The banquet was ready. They didn't have time to go home and find proper attire or go shopping. The king would provide the wedding garment as was customary. But in this case, Jesus' message, we needed the king. We needed God to provide that righteous garment of Jesus Christ, his body, and his blood so that we could be seen as righteous. We'll get to that. Later, the king arrived on the scene, and when he entered the feast, he found a man that had refused to wear the wedding garments that had been provided. When questioned about why he had refused to wear them, the man stood speechless, no answer or reason. The king had the man removed, cast out, removed, And one question we have to answer before we get into our points this morning is why did Jesus teach this? Now he starts off that the kingdom of heaven may be compared in this way. He's teaching in the temple. If you look back to chapter 21 in Matthew, you see this. He's cornered by the religious leaders who demand to know by what authority he is teaching and doing all these things that he is doing. And Jesus would expose the hypocrisy of the leaders in Matthew 21 31 to 32 he says truly i say to you the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of god before you for john came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed and even when you saw it you did not afterward change your minds and believe him jesus then tells these parables All concerning the religious leaders' rejection of God's invitation, those who rejected the invitation into the kingdom of heaven, the king's reception. One Bible commentator said of this scripture the king in this parable represents God the Father, and the son is Jesus himself. The messengers that were sent forth are the Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist, and those who would extend the invitations. The people rejected the invitation were the religious leaders. And the others that were allowed to enter the feast were society's outcasts. The Gentiles, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the Gentiles, and other sinners. There's no less than five things to learn here as we move forward quickly. One, the gospel receives different responses. The gospel receives different responses. You see, everyone was invited, but few would come. Many were invited, but few would come, and few will come today. First of all, those that go out to extend God's invitation to his kingdom can expect a variety of responses. In this story, some of the people in this parable simply ignored the invitation. There are many today who don't give the needs of their soul a second thought. They also ignore the invitation. They either don't believe that it is important or just avoid thinking about it and think it's for later on in life. Some think that just because they don't believe that there is a judgment and an afterlife, that it will keep it from being true. But we know, we know without a doubt from God's word, that one day they will find themselves standing before God himself, wishing that they had taken the time to consider this relationship with God through his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming within them. Others in the story, they neglected to go to the feast because they were simply too busy. Verse 5 states that one went to his farm and another to his business. It seems strange to ignore a king's invitation to a party. But people do it every day. We ignore the king. We ignore the Lord of heaven and earth. We ignore Jesus' call, the Holy Spirit's call upon our life. We ignore him. Even those who know him, who claim him, who claim to follow him, ignore him. There are a lot of people in our nation today that are just too busy to worry about their need of salvation or to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. They may be invited but not accepted. Called but they choose not to choose. Or invited but not chose. How many people did you pass on the way to church this morning that might have been on the way to work or to the mall or to a family's house or a vacation? How many houses did you pass which were probably filled as people still in their beds sleeping sleeping on their responsibility and their needs their spiritual needs growing not physically not spiritually not mentally because they try not growing not because they try not you see all are invited but few accept the invitation and follow through we must choose to follow jesus We need church, this church, his fellowship, his universal church. We need him. We need the love of Christ. We need the restored relationship with God the Father. And we need Holy Spirit kingdom living. When it is warmer outside, you'll see people out mowing their lawns at church time or out having picnics or going to the pool or the beach or fishing, choosing anything else but God. They're just too busy to think about their relationship with him. They think it can all come later. In the book of James, though, we'll warn that our lives are like a vapor, present for a little while, but soon gone. We all need to take the time to deal with our spiritual needs today because we're not guaranteed to have tomorrow. We also must invite others. In some cases, the messengers were treated with contempt and persecution or killed, and we may be too. I heard a story once of someone inviting a man to church one time years ago, and as he, re, and as he stepped on the man's lawn, the man threw a shoe at him and just told him to get off his property. You see, persecution is always a possibility. No matter how good of news you bring, some people just are not ready to hear it or don't want to hear it or will never hear it. And Jesus told his disciples that he had been persecuted, so they should, too, expect persecution. But persecution does not change the fact that we have an obligation and a blessed privilege. A responsibility to invite others to become part of God's kingdom. We have responsibility for ourselves and for others. What are you going to do for him? What are you going to do for you? How are you going to grow? Not just to grow at church, but daily growth. What are you going to do to help others? And it's not just about this building, it's about your everyday growing in the knowledge of the Lord and making choices humbly which put God first, others first, humbly putting yourself down so that you can lift God up and so you can love on his people. Number two, the gospel invites everyone. Number two, the gospel invites everyone. I'm not getting into a debate, a predestination or election. I'll let God sort that out. But God wishes for everyone to hear the good news, the gospel. And we should note that everyone is invited to enter God's kingdom, but few will accept and come. Few are chosen. The invitation went out to the good and the bad, it says. The religious leaders were invited, but so were the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the Gentiles. That invitation is still open today. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or where you come from. You are invited to have a relationship with God. But are we putting other things first? Are you putting other things first? Are you making other things more important than your daily growth in Him, in seeking Him? God does not discriminate according to your wealth, your race, your gender, your social standing, or nationality, your color, or your past. But what matters is your present today what are you going to do today to determine your future with him john 3:16 reminds us that god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life in the last chapter of the bible we read the following invitation from revelation 22:17 the spirit and the bride say come and let the one who hears say come and let the one who is thirsty come Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. You see, no one is excluded. God wants you to come. But number three, the gospel, this coming, this invitation, this good news, this reception, this party, this banquet, this royal banquet, this acceptance is on God's terms. on God's terms. But before we get to number three, let me acknowledge I've heard of some churches that pass laws to prohibit people who have tattoos from participating in services. Or maybe they evangelize only a certain group of people. Or maybe they only allow those or call the righteous those who come in suits and dresses and have proper English. But let me tell you, if you're here today or watching online and need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, follow him. Let me assure you that he doesn't care what you're wearing. Pajamas are your Sunday's best, how much money you make, what class you come from, what English you speak, or what you have done in your past. Yes, this stuff matters as we see that in the past we were sinners, but in the future we can be saved by grace. You can be new in him. He wants you to come to him, spiritually come to him, submit to him as Lord and Savior, And not just to this church service today, but each and every single day of your life. Man does not determine your worth, but God does. Will you identify as one of his own? Number three, the gospel is on God's terms. Thirdly, we need to understand that we need to respond to the invitation on God's terms, not our own. Everyone was invited, but to be admitted, they had to choose to put on the wedding garment that was provided by the king. The wedding garment represents the righteousness of Christ, his blood, the new covenant of grace. And if we try to enter God's kingdom wearing our own righteousness, our own works and glory, or just for appearance only and not with the right purpose and focus, we will be rejected. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags in God's sight, but it goes on to say the following in Isaiah 61, verse 10 I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul shall exalt in my God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness there are some who believe that they are good enough to enter into God's kingdom based upon their own good works but this simply is not true. Others believe that they will enter because they live in a Christian country or because they have relatives who are Christians or because they have mom and dad's faith. But God's word states that none are righteous, no, not one, and that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, God wants you, God wants you to respond to his invitation just as you are. But he expects you to understand that just as you are is not good enough he wants to justify you today by Christ, but then he wants to sanctify you daily to become more like Jesus, to be in him and new. You must ask for his forgiveness and be closed in his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, in order to enter the kingdom of God. Come to him, accept the invite, put on the wedding garment, put on Christ's body, Christ's blood, the new covenant of grace. He provides the wedding garments, but you must choose to put them on. Number four, rejecting the gospel results in eternal punishment. You see, next we find that refusing to accept God's invitation resulted in the king's army destroying them. Or the one who did not put on the wedding garment and was just there for appearances, only show or to bust the party, was cast out. God is patient, loving, kind, and merciful. He will extend his grace to all who call upon his name. But you must truly trust in Him and obey Him and follow His will and purpose for your life. Every time you reject God's invitation, your heart becomes hardened more and more, and it's harder for you to truly hear this message. And after a while, you may not see the Holy Spirit working upon your life at all. So in this case, I plead with you, accept the call today. Live for Him. Once you leave this life, there are no second chances. Respond while you still can. And number five, the final point today is this: responding to the gospel results in eternal life with him. Responding to the gospel results in eternal life with him. Finally, you should learn that nothing in your life is more important than accepting and responding to God's invitation and will and daily following him and his ways. Again, that's a big idea that I said three times earlier. Nothing in your life is more important than accepting and responding to God's invitation and will and daily following after him and his ways. And you have a responsibility not just to yourself but to others. We have a commandment to go to all nations and spread the good news and make di- disciples and baptize them. You see some of the people in the story rejected the invitation. They were too busy Or they simply ignored it. And some of them even persecuted and killed the king's messengers. You may think your job is the most important thing in your life right now. You may think that your family or your hobbies are the most important things. But let me assure you, the most important thing is God. Accept the invitation to the banquet. Accept the invitation that he freely gives. The most important thing in your life is your relationship with God the Father. Through Jesus' His Son and Holy Spirit kingdom living. Are you too busy with other things to listen to this? You see, one day it will not matter how many hours we put in to work or how many things we got done in our houses or with our kids or families. All that will matter is are we his? All that matters is does he see Jesus' blood covering your sins? And as I conclude, I want to say that Jesus Christ is the Lord over the whole world but only the savior of those who call upon him. I need him. You need him. We all need him. He is the king, your king, whether you willingly bow your knee to him and recognize this or not. He is calling you and others to himself through proclamation of the gospel today. Trust in him. Run to him. Admit that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Ask his forgiveness and follow after him. Plead with him. And he will make you new and give you his Holy Spirit, a helper. Have you said those words? Have you prayed a prayer saying those words? If not, say it today. Do it today. Don't just think because your parents bring you to church that you're saved. No. Submit to the Lord yourself. And then live your life for him. Do what he tells you to do. Grow in your knowledge of him every day and do his will. Go to all creation spreading the good news of Jesus. Pray for others and yourself. Attend church. Care for each other. Nothing is more important than him. Do you know him today? Have you accepted this invite? Have you spread the invitation to others? You are his messengers. Let's close in prayer and then we'll have song and communion today. Thank you.